Hello and welcome to the Not a Victim podcast. Not a Victim is a show about learning to live life without excuses. Today my guest is Brandon Chambers. Just go ahead and sort of set the scene of the environment that you were raised in and, and your just upbringing and all that stuff. Live with just me and my mom growing up and we lived with my dad for a little bit and that didn't work out hmm. and we ended up moving in with my grandparents. And What happened between your between your dad and your mom? Um, they, they weren't, they weren't married, right? Uh, but they, they were just, they were just together, and um, it I was gotcha. just, yeah, just a lot of stuff that just went, went down. That, um, it was, I, mean, I can tell you, it was downright destructive. I do thank God that um, that I actually survived because I mean, there were, it wasn't dangerous or anything, but I, I feel like if it would have been any longer, my life path would have gone even more astray. It was actually my mom and my granddad that actually got me got us away from that situation. So, um, and we'll get to this in a minute, but you've you've lost like a hundred pounds, right? Yes, uh, one hundred and five. Actually, that is crazy. Uh, but before we get to that, <laughs> yeah, um, that's so awesome. Um, before we get to that, what are the things? And be as descriptive as as you can. Like, okay. what are the things that you think led? you know, led you into being unhealthy. Are there any things about, like, because I know for a fact that the place you're in now is internally more healthy than it was before you started this journey. And so oh, yeah. that, you know, the uh, the other side of that coin is to say, what are the things that were less healthy about before you started this journey? Like, what led you into being uh, unhealthy on the outside in a way that might also have been unhealthy on the inside? Um, it actually does start back from when I was younger because I was a bigger kid and I used to quote a lot of cartoons, just random stuff that <laughs> after a while, uh, a lot of, there are a lot of kids who are very outspoken about their annoyances. Yeah. And it, and it got to a point where their outspokenness actually overridden what, uh, how I felt about myself. Mm. And it was... It, it was actually pretty um, destructive because I actually because I remember a lot of those from when I was younger and mm. I had I wasn't a very fast learner so I was actually um, not the favorite of teachers uh, back then and this is the early to mid nineties yeah so it, some of them weren't as patient as some are now so I've I've always had a problem with authority, so when it came to people like, "Man, you need to, you need to do this," I'm like, "No, I'm not gonna do this because I don't respect you." Yeah. And I've had people tell me from a young age, like, "You need to lose weight." It's like you're heavy. You're gonna, you're gonna die mm. at a very young age. I mean, it's pretty much the hardest thing you want to hear from. Yeah. Anybody in adolescent ages that right. you're going to die, die one day because of it, and that sticks with you. So, but basically the thing that started it was just negative looks from teachers, negative words from students, and just this general pointing out lazy, sort of low-hanging fruit, pointing out, hey, I'm better than you in this way, and aren't you dumb and stupid for, uh, yeah. for not being as, uh, you know, in shape as I am or whatever. And yeah, and, yeah, and it's and it is funny because um, besides that, I've had 
I, I was very asthmatic growing up, so I couldn't do a lot of things a lot of kids did, so I sat out, especially during physical education. Mm. And, you know, to be one of those kids like that, that just makes you stick out more like a sore thumb yeah. as well anyway because of that. Right, and then you feel more isolated, which yeah. doesn't help the other stuff. <laughs> I know that a lot of it was just just how I felt about myself after a while, especially when you when you get to that point where you hit puberty hmm. and and you know you notice that everybody's no uh talking to everybody else and you're feeling more isolated because you look different from everybody else you're not either you're not growing as fast enough or you're growing too fast hmm. and i it's it's funny because I was actually a short chubby kid through out elementary school and then when I hit middle school I hit a growth spurt and I was five seven in fifth grade mm. so I was I was the high-pitched kid really tall over 200 something pounds at that age and I think I, I, I realized after just complaining how much it's like I've, that's how I I use food to actually cope with a lot of my issues mm. Because I didn't know, I would, because I, I didn't really speak much unless I was just doing something crazy weird or I just wanted to say say something. Usually it's very rare. So I didn't know how to communicate how I felt because if I communicated how I felt, I would be put out there even more of, mm. ha, you're weak. Mm. And I pointed out your weakness. Now I can expose that. Mm. And, only re- and besides what I thought. It was true in the sense because of how people, some people are, mm-hmm. and and that's how they are. And I mean, I don't, I'm not gonna bash the people that did it because you know they had their issues and they yeah, had, and we, had their own escapes. Right, and we wouldn't, you know, take those people that that did the bullying. If you see their life now and they're still like that, hopefully they've grown out of it. But for the ones who yeah. haven't grown out of it, I guarantee you, you would not trade places with them. I've had wise words where it spoke from my own mom and my grandparents. Like those people who are they're not going to matter after. I mean, after a while, because they're not going to be in your life, hmm. and God's going to God's going to take care of them. It's like, and back back then, I was, I wasn't in that right. I wasn't in that mind mindset of wait for it to happen. I wanted something to happen to them then because I was so angry, hmm. and I used to cry a lot. And then after. Hmm. You know, being, as I said, pointed out for a weakness, I, I did something that was really healthy, sarcastically, mm-hmm. is bottle up my feelings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and, and I know personally in my own life that is totally destructive. And the painful thing about the situation you were in is it's the end of a school day and you know you got to see them tomorrow. It's like, yeah, okay, we just made it through today, but tomorrow is coming. And it's just like... This thing where you're just forced to be in vicinity with those people over and over again, and uh, in a reoccurring um, negative state. And uh, thank God the rest of life isn't really that way. You have you know you have more yeah. choice. But but middle schoolers especially are like vultures, and uh, <laughs> they're just <laughs> they just are cruel for cruel's sake. And I think again, I think um, the psychology of it is they're trying to learn their sort of place in the spectrum of dominance or whatever so they're trying to see whose neck they can step on and who steps on their neck and all that stuff and and um kind of trying to test 
their, I don't know, test some prowess about themselves, but they're not smart enough yet, you know, to understand that <clears throat> aimlessly stepping on someone's neck um, yeah. doesn't really prove anything about you. But... And, I, and, I, and I could tell you just, I've learned very, at a very early age about the mob mentality hmm. of children. Just because, um, especially when you're being made fun of and you actually try to defend yourself mm. and somebody else overhears it and then one person gets in there and becomes like a domino effect and everybody just falls in and mm. you're the one being pointed out because they, because either you're bigger and you're trying to defend yourself but everybody sees their perspective of it. Mm. So I've kind of had – I have like big issues with like big crowds because of that because I've been mm. – kind of I've, I've like when it like isolation is no joke yeah you've like, seen yeah. yeah you've seen the mob turn on you and 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 kind of are maybe even hypersensitive to just the fact that that could happen or what that feels like i guess yeah um and, and it just it wants to silence your voice especially when you know you have something to say and it's it's funny it just thinking about it now how much of a difference you know you know a kid who has a big light to shine for somebody but has been beat down so much that somebody just poured water on that fire that mm. light that they need for somebody else mm. because they they've been beat down and trodden so much and that you know that's something about that's why I I draw my, my myself I'm naturally drawn to people who are have felt like they've been left i mean they just fell between the cracks or they've been mm. beaten down because of that yeah so let's talk about the moment when everything changed for you when you broke the shame you broke the pain of the past you broke the the sort of um uh vision of yourself that the the naysayers had made for you over years of 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 comments and looks and all that stuff the moment when you decided to just break the chains of that um what caused that and and uh yeah what was that moment like i can tell you that it was the i could tell you it was in a couple of moments actually and one of them was actually when my ex broke up with me last year hmm. and it would i don't I didn't really understand it back then. I know a lot of it was because of my, it was a really poor mentality because I was, I was jobless for almost 10 years because I, I wasn't able to find a job that I could do mm. in a town where we have, we have mills and factories and stand up for a very long time because I, and I'll, I'll tell you this, like where, where my health was like, and I mean, I don't care now because I mean I'm not ashamed. I, I know where I came from. It's like I was over 500 pounds, mm. so my body wouldn't let me stand up for even over an hour without my body feel like it's about to break down. Mm. So finding desk jobs or anything around this area was dang near impossible. Mm. So it was that I I finally started getting away from uh, certain people for a little bit. Hmm. Actually, I was focusing on my relationship with God even more. And they, so it was a, a mixture of changing the people you're around and also 
but maybe the pain of the breakup forced you to address reality in a way that um, that you didn't have to before that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, yeah, that that makes sense. Um, let's talk about what about like the first few times that you started walking that out. So the first few times you go to the, the gym or whatever or stuff like that. Like what was going through your head when you <laughs> when you do that? You still are in your old. A lot of you is still in your old headspace. So you oh, don't yeah. really identify with this new version of you yet. You want it, but you don't quite see it yet. You identify with the old version of you. Um, and so, but something in you is pushing forward through all the negativity and through the shame and through all of the self-doubt. But what were those feelings like? Like the looks or the feelings, just what was that experience like the first time? Because that's sort of this pivotal moment um, when you try it, when you take a step of faith to go in a, in a good direction. Um, I, I didn't even really hit the gym that much. Right. Cause I've, cause even before the, the whole, the whole mind, mind shift, I've, I've actually been studying more about how our bodies function with food and mm. how it changes, how it changes our mood. And after a while, I, I follow, have you ever heard of a guy named Hospital Pat? I don't think so. Oh, um, he was he was actually a gentleman that actually lost over three hundred and fifty pounds, Whoa. and he was over six hundred pounds when he started his journey. And he was actually one of the catalysts for that, just for that mind change, because mm. because it just like him and me, it was like we were to the point where it was like we were just eating ourselves to death. Yeah. What are some things that he taught that stuck with you? One of the things I've learned from him is like, it's it's, it's all about the cal- calories in and nutrition. Your body's starving for nutrition. It's like you you will eat a lot and your body's still starving because you just haven't like met its core needs, even though you've eaten stuff. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's just those basic needs that your body needs something. And I've been on a, another health plan that actually has been helping me lose weight and. I love the community with them because it's not just, and I think this is what I've needed because I've been so isolated so long, and that is a community. I needed people who help keep me accountable, who will help mm. show me that that um, it's okay that you're you're you are where you are. You're not going to stay that way, and I, I know a lot of it is not being afraid to reach out to people. I mean, some because I know in in that mindset, you will be afraid to reach out to somebody because you're afraid to be vulnerable with them. But, you know, there are some people that are actually other, just like my pastor. He he reached out to me because I reached out to him before hmm. and I, I've retracted for a while and he still came after me. And it's like it's having those people in your life that care enough hmm. to, to just step in your life and say, hey. Do you need to talk? Do you need help? I mean, I, I'm here here to help. It's like, I mean, and those that is what I needed. And that's what I wanted for so long because mm. I'm, and I haven't really said this about myself, but I'm I'm an only child. So mm. I've, I've kind of had more of that isolated feeling and it's not, and I think I've, I've, even though I've grown up with my grandparents and I was under them a majority of my life, but when they pass away, and my mom worked all the time. I was in college when they passed away. Mm. So 
when when that happened. So I was left to my own devices of trying to figure out how to cope with issues or how to talk talk to people because I couldn't be real with certain people because after a couple conversations, I could tell they weren't really there to listen. They were more of pouring their issues out on me mm. than me actually sharing. And and, that, and that's one of those things like you have to be very very aware of who you pick and who you choose to be in your life. We live in a, a situation where we are so, our society is so individualized for whatever reason, and I don't want to sound like just an old boomer or whatever, but um, but our, we have so few things that we share common ground on or common excitement about that when we're in a hole, we're in a hole by ourselves, and that, you know, people don't go to not and I'm not speaking of you but generally yeah. people don't go to church anymore they don't everything is individualized they don't watch TV with their family they watch it on their own they don't listen like they don't do things with any other people they do their thing on their time and so we've been sold this thing that everything is on demand and that's great and it does have an upside but the downside is we have no shared experience we have no shared sense of how we fit as part of the whole and um you know church is a huge part of that is you're in a room with people that you may have almost nothing in common with but you have this one really deep thing in common with them and that you know that um, not only do you feel the security and the warmth of that room but you could go to china and find a group of believers and feel that same thing and that is something that the, the world outside of that doesn't offer and um and then you're talking about with the weight loss thing that, like, I have a gym membership right now, but I don't go. But when I had people I went with, I went. And this is something I think about a lot now, that what a lot of people do is they just sort of, like, react to life as it comes to them. So life hits them, and then they just, like, react. And and the problem with that is that then you don't determine where you go. You're just a boat on the waves, and the waves decide where you go. But the proper thing to do is to know that those things are coming and to decide where you want to wind up and push in that direction regardless of what the waves might be like. And so even if you get derailed, you're still pushing in yeah. against your own nature, not against other people and your haters, but against your own internal voice that is contradicting uh, where you want to wind up because we have this internal war of better and worse and of good and evil and of um, sort of self-improvement and self-loathing in that when we take the route of um, nothing matters, I'll just do whatever I want right now, we are so relieved when we do that, it's miserable deep down on the long term. Long term, it's miserable. But short term, it is relieving us of responsibility of having to make the future different, having to make things different. And so we enjoy the um, release of responsibility of where we wind up. The high of it is the high of meaninglessness. We enjoy that we don't have to do anything. We don't have to be useful. We don't have to think about how our life might be meaningful and how it might be better if we were sharper. So short term, that works. And this is why people drink. It's why they smoke. It's why they do all the different things. It's a short term win. It's screw oh, yeah. tomorrow, now is now, live fast, die young. Yeah, and say the V. 
yeah, and the, the problem with that is life is really long. If life was like an hour long, then that'd be one thing. But life is so long that you do wake up tomorrow, and tomorrow sucks if you live that way. And um, the opposite way of thinking is much more painful and much better. It is, let's plan for five years from now. Let's not pretend five years from now isn't coming. But in the ways we can, let's push for something better than we have now, even though that is a road filled with addressing self-hatred, addressing self-doubt, addressing abuse, addressing all the skeletons in the closet, that we can't do that if we don't look at all the skeletons in the closet. But if we do, there is something better to have. And, um, you know, we get to a place where it can hurt to have hope because to have hope means that hope could be crushed again. And so we get to a place that's so dark that hope is a painful prospect. Oh, yeah, and I, I completely understand that. One last thing on this, and this is something you've, you've lived out. I believe that self-esteem is not given, it's earned. Yeah. It's not a puddle you fall into, and it's not something someone else hands to you on a card that you read and then feel. You earn it, and you have earned it through proving to yourself that you aren't who you were, and that over and over again, by continuing to be different, you have convinced yourself in the best way that you are not who you were, that you are a different person. Outside you're a different person, inside you're a different person. And I think with that comes the belief that when the next thing hit, hits, whatever that next hard thing is, you're now addressing it as a different person than you would have then. That when the next hard thing comes, you are not who you were. You're now experienced in overcoming a long-term, painful, difficult thing. So if another painful, long-term, difficult thing comes, you're just not as scared of it as you were. And I think that's a beautiful thing. Well, you're doing it. I'm so proud. Uh, I know I'm not your dad, so I'm not really, probably shouldn't be saying that, but... Um, I hope that's not awkward, but itself, but, uh, <laughs> no, I, like I said, when I see someone, um, doing something different and making something better out of who they are, um, I think it lifts everyone around them. And, uh, and I've been very encouraged by your journey and, um, and I think everyone who hears this will be too. Um, well, thank you so much for your time, man. And, uh, and I'll be in touch. All right, man. Uh, thank you. Have a great night, bud. All right, man. You too. Bye, dude.